This is the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. Like I've said to you guys from the beginning, uh, we're just controlling what we can control. I understand that this is a process, and I'll continue to make decisions uh, with the information that I have. Tonight, you'll find out how the Browns are prepping for the season at team headquarters in Berea. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Welcome to the Kevin Stefanski Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Nathan Zagura, alongside, as I will be all season long, the three-time, three-time, three-time Super Bowl champion and the sideline reporter for your Cleveland Browns, the one and only Gerard Cherry. And Gerard, finally, we are here. The final preseason game of the year, the Browns and the Bears, this Saturday night, 7 o'clock at First Energy Stadium. But before we get into that and the news about that game, let's quickly, real quickly, take a look back. The Browns fall to the Eagles 21-20, to but of course... I thought they got a lot of good work from your second team, and especially quarterback Josh Dobbs. That's exactly right, Nathan. Very impressed with what I've seen out of Josh Dobbs for the past two preseason games in which you saw command, you saw control, you saw a guy who has a sense about him that when he steps on the football field, he's going to get the job done. And the amazing thing about it is there's pressure that's going on right now with him because it's not a soul, it wasn't a sold idea that he had it locked up as a number two until Deshaun comes back. But the way he's playing, Nathan, he is making a strong case that he definitely deserves to be on this roster and getting what he deserves as far as being the backup quarterback to Jacoby Brissett for the next 11 games. So I've been very impressed with him. He's been consistent throughout the preseason game, and he's doing this without even much practice as well, which makes it even more impressive. Yeah, 14-20 for 141 yards passing, four rushes, 47 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. Had that great 36-yard escape, and I think he did. He cemented that number two spot. He led. He was on in for four possessions, four scoring drives for the Browns, two touchdowns, two field goals, and now over the total of the preseason, seven scoring drives have been led by Josh Dobbs, four touchdowns, three field goals, and so it felt like he locked that up. There was another backup job that needed to be locked up, I thought, in that game as well, and that was the center spot with Michael Dunn now getting that look as the backup center with you know Nick Harris out, Dawson Deaton out, Ethan Posick moves up to the starter, and Michael Dunn had never played center before, and that was his debut, and it was a darn good one, Gerard. <laughs> exactly. Did we talk about a fumble from quarterback to center exchange? No. Nope. You didn't hear us say those things through the course of the broadcast. That's a great thing, especially when it was a guy's first time doing it. And I don't recall any sacks as well. Now, granted, there was some pressure there, but the fact that he's also going to have the responsibility of calling out the stunts and things of that nature, and you could make the argument it's preseason. They're not doing anything from an exotic blitz standpoint or slant package with the defensive line. But the fact, again, that you've been called into duty, this was not what you were brought here to initially do, but you find a way to step up and show out, I don't care what it is. You're trying to make the squad. So if they ask you to play kicker, you go ahead and do it. If you can do it, you try and give it your best. And to his credit, he certainly can play the center position, and that's definitely going to help our cause because you want guys who have some familiarity with the offense and not have to bring someone off the street in order to get the job done. 
Yeah, no pressures allowed by Dunn in 23 pass-blocking snaps. Bill Callahan said he showed you everything you need to see from a center in this offense. Movement skills, toughness, ability to get to the second level, ability to pull and lead, toss sweeps to the right side of the formation from the center spot. He displayed all of that in that game. Anything else stand out to you from that one? A lot of talk about Dobbs, obviously, but did anything else catch your eye in that game against Philadelphia? Well, you look at the depth of the running back room. Again, yeah. Kelly looked phenomenal. Ford looked phenomenal. And then Dearness oh. looked great as well. So once again, we saw that our depth is truly in the back in the backfield with our running backs and that we have running backs galore. And it was very impressive that all those guys put on a showcase of making a two-yard tackle for loss turn into something positive and very exciting to watch them run the rock. Yeah, it is. The first guy did not bring John Kelly down once in that game. He would finish with 14 rushes for 66 yards and a touchdown on a beautiful cutback run. Uh, So, yeah, that was fun to see. All right, now let's turn our attention to the task at hand, and this will be the dress rehearsal for the Cleveland Browns, Rod. Now, we said select starters will play. That means some won't, and you can probably figure out who is not going to play for the Cleveland Browns in this game. If they have been to the Pro Bowl for the Browns or been superstars for the Browns, probably won't see them, those guys who are critical uh, for this football team on offense and defense. But we will see Jacoby Brissett in his debut for the Cleveland Browns. And he's going against a familiar face, Matt Eberflus, the defensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts, while he was the quarterback of the Colts. So he's battled against an Eberflus defense in the past. He will do so again on Saturday night. And he's the man. Jacoby Brissett is your quarterback the first 11 games, Gerard. What are you hoping to see from him in this game against the Bears? I'm expecting to see him do the same things Dobbs is, show complete control and composure while running this offense, because if you get that, that quiets the skeptics and it also calms things down within our own locker room to where guys have trust and faith that, hey, Jacoby's going to get the job done. And we could not have asked for a better situation. And if I was Kevin Stefanski, I would call you Flus and say, hey, man, you do me a solid. You know what he struggles with. You know what he had problems with at practice because you saw him on a daily basis. Give him that action, please, and see how he handles it. Because if he handles it well, that's going to just give us more confidence that we're doing the right thing at the quarterback position because you want Jacoby to have confidence. You want the coaching. You want the front office. And you want, most importantly, his teammates to have confidence that put in a precarious position, he's able to get the job done with pinpoint accuracy. How long would you like to see Jacoby Brissett play? That's a great question, Nathan, and I would say the following. If he has his ups and downs and it's not smooth, I'd play him for a half. But if it's a situation where you see down the field, down the field, sustained drives for two times against a number one defense, which the Chicago Bears are going to play, then I can take him out because I'm like, okay, I really just need to see, do you have command and control and composure when operating from the huddle in this offense? And if you show me those things early and often in the first quarter, I'll just play you for a quarter, and I'll be happy with that. Now, I'm still the mindset that that game one is going to be a beast for everyone involved as a yep. starter because your conditioning won't be there. you got a two-week break, and on top of that, within that two weeks, prior to that, rather, you have not played a full half or a full game, so – Guys are going to have to suck it up and get their minds right to understand that it's going to be a gauntlet of a feeling once they get to Charlotte play against the Panthers. And we are looking forward to that. Of course, September the 11th, the Browns open the season in Charlotte against those Carolina Panthers. All right, who's your bubble wrap team? Who do you not need to see offensively and defensively in this game, Gerard? Well, I don't need to see Nick Chubb. I don't need to see Joel Batonio. I don't need to see Conklin. I don't need to see Teller. I'm confident in those guys. And on the defensive side, I don't need to see Garrett. 
I really don't need to see Ward, and I probably would say I don't need to see Clowney either. Those guys are yep. seasoned. They've done what they need to do, and they're prepared and ready to go. But the guys I didn't name, all you uh, rest of you guys, I need to see you because you're not proven. And Grant, like you have that. to prove it every year. For sure. The one other guy I would say on offense, I don't need Kareem, I think, is um, I don't need to see Kareem. And I would also uh-huh. say I, I don't want to see Amari Cooper because oh, right. I feel like I don't want to risk him. He's yeah. very proven and all that, but Gerard, is, but we'll talk the about timing. the receiver room. The timing, if, if, the, the timing, timing. is you go, Nate. That's Get it down in practice. Go. Get that <laughs> timing in practice. Same. That's the problem, though. It's not the same in practice. As much as you try to duplicate it, and Grant, we saw some real good things against the Eagles and the yes. Browns from a practice standpoint, and it looks yes. like to me, to, to me already that they actually have that chemistry because remember Agreed. the drills and the team team scrimmage? They it did a great job. And slay. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, I, I feel, let's talk about that receiver room. That's the okay. one room that I do not have full comfort with. I really think this is one of the deepest rosters. Certainly it's the deepest roster I've ever seen with the Browns. And you go and you think about, okay, the battle. We might have to keep four running backs because they're all so good. The offensive line battle is going to be incredible. The tight end room, we know our top two. And then, yeah, there's some depth there that's battling it out. But you go to defense. I mean, you could make the case that we could keep six defensive ends. You could make the case we could keep six or seven linebackers. Right. You could certainly make the case we keep six corners and probably five or six safeties. Safeties, so right. It is loaded, but the wide receiver room Makes me a little bit nervous. What's your take on it? Is this a room that needs an upgrade, or do you think they can go in and roll into the season with Cooper, DPJ, Bell, Schwartz? You know, maybe it's Felton, Mike Woods we haven't seen. I know they're high on him, but is that good enough for this football team in this division? What I've seen so far, Nate, and this is preseason games, and these guys are going against twos and threes. They haven't necessarily gone against the ones and what I saw in practice as well. I'm not seeing consistency from the guys we're asking to step up. I need Bill. I need Swartz in particular, those guys. You are getting featured by the offensive coordinator slash head coach and Kevin Stefanski. And I know you're getting coached up to do the right things, but it's an issue of confidence and consistency. If you get those two things going for you, then we wouldn't be where we're at because I'm in the same state that you're in. I'm not sure. I'm not certain. I'm telling myself that because I'm a Browns supporter and fan that it's going to be all right, but you can't do that. Realistically speaking, you show me inconsistency. And when you show me inconsistency, what do I have to do? I have to address it. Now, we have two weeks in order to deal with this. So they can get on the right track because I've heard rumblings and rumors that sports in particular has been catching a lot of balls in practice. He looks very good this week. Again. And been consistent. Now, bring that to the game on Saturday. Saturday evening, bring that to the game. The same thing for Bell. But if you don't bring that to the game, and if you do have inconsistency, once again, you're opening the door for them to bring other guys in who've shown consistency, but just as a numbers game on other rosters. So best believe right now, i got to be frank with you, if I'm in the scouting department, I've been looking ad nauseum at receivers. And that's just the reality because you have not been consistent. It's unfortunate, but it's a meritocracy. If you're not getting Mm -hmm. the job done, you're going to get replaced or not get the opportunities. They'll wait around and wait to develop you, but they don't want to. I mean, Bell and Swartz are in a a prime spot, Nathan, a prime spot to where they can get meaningful playing time early in their career. Yeah, no doubt. And we need them. I mean, let's, it's not just get it. We need them to have meaningful playing time and make meaningful contributions. David Bell, three catches, 46 yards in his debut. There had one that got away from him that he said, I should have caught. I talked to him earlier today on Browns Daily, and he said, that really stuck with me. I take pride myself on not dropping the ball, but I thought he looked good 
able to find the holes in the zones. The guy we need, it's Schwartz. Schwartz is the one who unlocks the defense, not only because of his vertical ability to make big plays himself, but that speed creates space, and that allows the Amari Coopers, the Donovan Peoples-Jones, the David Bells, the David Njokus to operate in more space, have more grass in which to operate. You can get more yards after the catch, all those things, easier throws for the quarterback. But we've got to see it. I would it, The thing that would make me the most excited and he doesn't mm-hmm. have to catch a 55 yarder like Devin Allen from Philadelphia did but I'll just something it. vertical I take it <laughs> something vertical where either you see a reaction as the game progresses from the opposing defense and more space being created or actually just go ahead and catching one on a vertical that shows you that I love right. that he had the drop against Philly they went right back to him the next play same route you're running a speed out again and this time he caught it. That was good. But I, I think he really is the key to unlocking this whole thing. Oh, yeah. And I'll add one more thing to your assessment of the situation. I promise you, when we play against the Carolina Panthers, they may put 12 guys in the box. And granted, there's only 11 guys on the football field. But my point is, they're Bring going to try to stop the run. They're yep. going to dare you to pass the football. And if he can open things up when we're in 11 personnel, I'm talking about Swartz, and he's out there on the football field, that will only help the cause with the running game and, as you said, with the passing game, open it up for other guys. Because if the defensive back doesn't respect you and doesn't think you have anybody on the field that can outrun you, they're going to be very confident, and it's going to hurt our cause. It compresses the field. Real quickly, shout-out and best wishes to former Brown Center and current NFLPA president J.C. Treader, who announced his retirement from the league today. And now all of you, get your pens, because you need to mark your calendars for the face-off on the lake. The first major outdoor hockey game at First Energy Stadium. Saturday, February the 18th, the Ohio State Buckeyes will host the Michigan Wolverines. Wow! Here at First Energy Stadium. Cleveland Browns and Columbus Crew season ticket members, along with Browns waitlist members and select groups, will have early access to the face-off on the lake tickets beginning on Monday, August 29th at 10 a.m. Tickets will officially go on sale to the public at 10 a.m. on Wednesday, September the 7th. For more information, visit firstenergystadium.com or call 440-891-5050. When we return, the head coach of your Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski, on the Kevin Stefanski Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. For me, I'm just trying to make the right decision for each of our players. This is the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Welcome back into the Kevin Stefanski Show, all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. It is time now for our exclusive interview with the man for whom this show is named, the head coach of Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski. And coach, final preseason game. I know you've already said some starters will play. We know Jacoby Brissett will start, so let's start there. What are you hoping to see from Jacoby and whoever joins him on the field against the Bears? Yeah, Jacoby's gotten a lot of really, really good work uh, going back to the spring, into the summer. He has not played in a preseason game just yet, so felt like this is the opportunity to go out there with a bunch of the ones and play football in a game setting. And it's it's a continuation of training camp. And, and We're keeping score, so we want to obviously compete and do well. Uh, but this is all part of the work that goes into getting ready for week one. Is there something maybe extra to be gained for him going against a coach in Matt Eberflus who he knows well, who knows him well also from Indianapolis? I think so. I mean, he does know this scheme really well, uh, and I think Coach Flus's system is uh, is really, really good. Uh, they play real fast, uh, but they're not a huge disguise team. They're going to kind of show you what they're doing. There will be some disguise on first and second down, but what they pride themselves on are playing fast. So I think Jacoby has – 
really understands this scheme, understands the nuances of their coverages especially. Uh, but Coach Flus is, is going to uh, gonna do a great job there in Chicago. I think he's I think very highly uh, of him. He, he always has a good defense. It's like back-to-back weeks, though, running into that old Indianapolis staff, right? He had Sirianni and now Eberflus in this one, and some similar stuff for your guys, I'd imagine. Yeah, schematically, they'll be. it's interesting. So they'll be in Indianapolis. We watched a lot of tape on Indianapolis going into this game, uh, which is we're a four-down front team. You know, We're a, a three-technique to the strong side team like they are. So a lot of similarities. We, we attack the, the getting off the ball, some coverage elements that are similar, some are different. And then on the other side, Luke Getzies, their offense coordinator, he came from Green Bay. Right. Uh, so a lot of similarities there in, in what we do offensively. So it's always good to kind of understand the scheme, understand the family of, of where these coaches have come from. Has it been helpful for you if you think about the preseason as a whole? Jacksonville, they do a lot of 3-4, right, with the two stand-up outside linebackers. Then you kind of got that five-man front of the Eagles that they play at times, and then now getting one that's more similar. It's kind of you almost in three weeks gotten preparation for the entire league. Yeah, so when we face our team, uh, you know, you're seeing that four down front. And then in this league nowadays, uh, we, we've looked at our roster, our schedule. We're playing a ton of three, uh, three down, if you will, four, uh, five on the line of scrimmage, right. whether it's an odd front, an under front, whatever it may be. That's really, the I'd say, the majority of the league right now. So we get our four down front in our practices, so it's always good in these preseason games, joint practices, to get a different front. All right, let's talk about the quarterback position and Josh Dobbs. Been sensational. Another great performance last week. What has he shown you, maybe what surprised you, and, and how comfortable are you with him now in the event that he may have to play in this season? Yeah, Josh has done a great job, again, since the, the minute we got him in April, and, and he's been diligent in the meeting room, uh, really smart, and everybody knows he's the rocket scientist, sure. so that goes without saying. But what I think is, is impressive is he plays smart. He processes really quickly what he sees. He, he's able to, to use that computer of his and get the ball into the appropriate uh, places. Then the big thing f- that we see that doesn't necessarily show up in practice is the athleticism. Because remember, in practice, our quarterbacks are wearing orange jerseys. No one allowed, is allowed to touch them. Well, then you get into the game. These guys are trying to tackle him, trying to sack him, trying to hit him, and he's able to evade those defenders. Uh, so that's a, a big deal. That's part of his game. It's part of. Uh, it's a very big tool of his. Uh, so it's great to see it on display. He's an incredibly likable young guy. Great, yeah, oh, man, great person. I mean, that whole quarterback room. Uh, but Dobbsy is a, a great person, uh, good teammate. Uh, the guys really enjoy him. And how encouraging was it to see him win from the pocket, third down? fourth down because there's no question you mentioned the athleticism that was on full display there's no doubt about that his processing you get that but can he consistently deliver it accurately and i thought in that last game there are a couple big time third down throws that he made yeah, and a fourth down huge throws and and that those are big, those are the money downs when you got to come through at the quarterback position and and really the throw for me that was most impressive was the one to harley down the left side in the two-minute drive. Really yeah. drove that thing in between the uh, corner and the safety mike made a great ball on it but that was a very impressive throw from the pocket all right. Outside of the quarterback position, what do you want to see against Chicago? It's just uh, again, it's it's a preseason game. We want to we want to compete. We want to win. Uh, I think that goes without saying. But these games are really extensions of our practice. So when we're out at practice or we're out at the games, we want to operate clean. We want to make sure that we don't uh, have mental errors, sure. missed assignments, those type of things. So. Really trying to stay on top of the guys, uh, especially this week. In we gave them a game plan, 
and we gave them a bunch of plays that we won't run in this game because we don't want to show it, but I want them to take it, I want them to download it, I want them to think about it, walk through it, practice it, and, and go through the rhythm of these game plans are totally unique week to week. So once you learn this, you're going to flush it and get another one. Uh, so really, we taxed them mentally, and what that means for players is you got to work at it because you get out there on the field, if you're thinking, you're in trouble. you yeah. got to just react and, and go play fast. So we gave them a lot. We're challenging them. Uh, we have extra walkthroughs with a night game, so there will be more time to, to really finalize and, and, and hone in on all the nuances of this game, uh, but looking for the guys to be able to play fast with, with a game plan. How about Mike Dunn in his first game ever playing center in the NFL, having to deal with Jordan Davis at times? He's in the second level. He's pulling to the right uh, on a you know as a center, get leading, blocking on the sweep, getting out there in the screen game. I thought he looked great. Dunny did a great job. I mean, he's been very versatile for us. Uh, he's a very intelligent, very tough, uh, smart football player. Uh, what I love maybe most about him is he plays really hard, and he's always around the pile. He's always helping his teammates up. He's he sees it clearly. Uh, so it's always fun when he's in there because you go back to that Green Bay game. He's playing guard, and he, he was doing a, a really nice job uh, up and down the field. All right, let's flip it to the defensive side of the football. What do you hope to accomplish? This is a team that, I remember, last time we played in the regular season, had one net yard of passing, nine sacks for the Browns. Justin Fields is their quarterback. They've tried to revamp their line. Riley Reef, somebody you're very familiar with, has been brought in in addition to others. What do you hope to get out of this one defensively? Yeah, really similar to what we're looking for the offense. We want to just go play our defense. So uh, what that means is regardless of the play that's called, we want to be great in our assignment. And then the big thing in these games is we need to tackle. I didn't think we tackled uh, particularly well the last game, so we spent some extra time. It's something that you do every day, but we spent some extra time this past week on tackling drills and, and really would love to see guys get uh, the first guy get them on the ground. You know, So much of tackling is tracking. And we make a big point with our linebackers, DBs especially, is how you track and approach the football ultimately leads to a good tackle. There's physical part of it, obviously, but we need to be way better in our tracking. Yeah, we need some Kunashik. That guy met that guy right in the middle, forklifted him, boom, right on yeah, down. Jordan. Jordan? You you, like, I can't, whatever that is. I got the pronunciation go. on my boards, and that's the only reason I know Jordan, Jordan or 51 to me? <laughs> I think that's probably safer. Um, all right. In reality, this is a very good roster that you've got here, very deep roster. How many spots are, are up for grabs? I think quite a bit. Uh, I, th I think you know we really want to look at the body of work when making these decisions, and this, this game's a big part of it. Uh, it's not necessarily bigger than Jacksonville or bigger than Philly game or practices, sure. but it's, it's a part of it. So we're looking forward to watching some of these young guys play, and then there will be some tough decisions to make. And I think Andrew uh, we definitely understands that. We've met on the roster many, many times. We know that there's going to be guys that we'd love to keep that we're not able to. Uh, but, again, that's a good problem to have. All right, let's end with a little bit of fun. Could you feel the electricity when Cade York lined up for that 55-yarder? Yeah, I mean, you can definitely feel it from our crowd. You, you don't <laughs> typically hear uh, that much of a swell of, of sound when you're getting ready to attempt a field goal. So uh, they're excited about Cade. I, I know Cade was ex excited to get out there uh, in in front of our fans, and, and we'll get another opportunity to do that Saturday night. And that one would have been good from 65. It just needed another yard probably to curl back in, but he hits the ball. It's I've gotten the opportunity to see a lot of kickers around this league. He hits the ball in a very unique way. and I mean, it almost feels like once we get to the 50, it's reasonable to think that it's possible to go for a field goal. Yeah, he's a talented young man. I think 
We're excited about him, obviously. Uh, we also realize that there's growing pains with sure. with a young player, and I don't care if you're a kicker, a defensive end, a wide receiver. So uh, he's going to have to continue to work at his craft, and, and the nice part is he really does work very hard at it. Coach, thank you so much for the time. Have fun out there on Saturday night. Let's get another Browns win and a, a clean performance for your guys. There you go. Thanks, Nathan. All right, we'll be back with more of the Kevin Stefanski Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Hey, this is Nick Chubb. Hey, this is Denzel Ward. This is David Njoku, and you're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. University Hospitals is your hometown medical team and official health care provider of the Cleveland Browns. Welcome back to the Kevin Stefanski Show, all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network, and very happy now to be joined by Browns linebacker Anthony Walker Jr. And AWOC, as you see, you and I have something in common, which I believe is that we're the only non-defensive backs to have the defensive backs hoodie. How did you come into the defensive back hoodie? Yeah, um, I just asked Coach uh, Coach Howard. I was like, hey, man, I, I like that, that sweatshirt. You know, can I get one? He was like, uh, you're not a DB. I'm like, Coach. You know, I'm like the closest thing to the DB that we have on this team. That's not a DB. So, um, you know, they, I like to tease those guys around that I have better swag than them. Um, you know, I think swag is the number one thing when you play DB um, that you got to have. So when he, uh, he, he he agreed with me and was able to get me one. Is there a lot of envy amongst the other linebackers that you're the only one? Not a lot. Not against the linebackers, but the DBs weren't too happy that I had one, though. <laughs> and I notice you wear it a lot. I do just for the DBs to see, so they know. <laughs> and I wore it today just for our interview here because it's a it's a pretty elite hoodie. I'm, I'm honored to be in the club. All right, let's talk about you. First of all, how are you feeling coming back after missing some time at the start of training camp? Yeah, I'm all good. Um, you know, just ready to get going. Um, you know, I've been back practicing and everything like that, sure. so just ready to put it all on tape and put it on the field and um, go from there. How excited are you to like play football again? Yeah, no doubt. Um, that's what you play the game for, you know, for the, the the lights and to you know execute on the biggest stage. Um, you know, practice is fun, training camp is fun, and all that stuff. And it's the foundation that we need before we start the season. But um, at the end of the day, we know we got to put it on show, put it on display on Saturdays, Thursday nights, Monday night, whenever we have to play. But um, the games is what really matter. Why do you love the game so much? Why do you love being out here with the guys so much? It's funny, um, you know, you, you, you get, as you get older, you're like, you know, what, what about the game, you know, that you love every day. And for me, it's the, the locker room camaraderie. Um, and then, you know, what some people will say I'm kind of weird, but um, I love going against the other team, the, the competition of, you know, going against a, a different opponent um, that knows what, you know, trying to figure out what they're trying to do against you and how to attack you. And, you know, still we're able to come out on top. And I think uh, that'll never leave for me, um, even when I'm done playing, um, that competition that, uh, you know, going against another opponent that's preparing for you and you guys preparing for them and, uh, you know, which team executes better on Sunday. Are you competitive in everything, like board games, anything you do? Pretty much. Yeah, same, same. Well, because I'm guessing you hate losing. The the pain of losing sticks with you a lot longer than the joy of winning because you probably expect to win. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, a win, I can move on really quickly and uh, get ready for the next opponent. A loss, I got to kind of let that sink in for a little bit, and which should be the opposite, you know, most people would say. but um, No way. No, that's why you win more often than you lose. No doubt. You want to uh, definitely, um, you know, learn from learn from losses, and, you know, you learn from wins as well, but, you know, you know, it's just a, a different, a light clicks, you know, when you win and when you lose. Like if you were playing one of your boys in something and you'd beat him like 20 times in a row, but then he beat you, would you still be like? Disgusted. I'm disgusted. I'm upset. When I let one of them guys beat me in Madden in there, I'm I'm like 
we got to play play again right away just so I can like get this taste out of my mouth. Hundred <laughs> percent. Sometimes even if they're close, I feel like I'm losing. No, I love that competitive nature. Let's go back to the camaraderie because you mentioned that as well. It feels like, and ask Coach Tarver about this. It just feels like you are the leader of this defense. You are the first person out there to congratulate everybody on every play, whether it's the line, whether it's the backers, whether it's the DBs. Everybody seems to love you. I've enjoyed certainly getting to know you in your time here. Do you feel like that's a role that you've you've taken on? Yeah, um, you know, just kind of fell into it. If that, uh, you know, I just try to. For me, I, I try to be the biggest hype man, whether it's my family, my friends, um, teammates. Uh, you know, I like being there. And, you know, so those guys always, whether it's good or bad, they have a, 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 consi- a consistent face that they see. And um, that's what I try to do. Um, you know, I, I like to, you know, make sure my teammates are helped off the ground every play. Um, you know, just every, everything, man. It all matters. Um, and that's just a role that I've kind of had my entire life, um, just being that consistent guy that you know somebody can lean on talk to whatever and then also they know that you know when we're on the field we're going to execute together and uh it starts with i mean as especially as a mike linebacker that's pretty much the quarterback of the defense um you have to you have to own that you know and own that identity of being a leader and being you know the consistent you know face and voice that those guys hear do you get more fired up and i I know you get fired up for all of them but like let's say mj High draft pick, gets the pick six, you're fired up. But then when you see a guy like DeAnthony Bell, a total underdog story, go out there and knock that ball out in Jacksonville, and you were fired up for that too. Do you kind of like like to see those underdogs kind of come through and have a chance to fight for their professional lives? Yeah, no doubt. Um, that's what uh, makes this game special. You know, um, I'll give an example like uh, Kenny Moore from, you know, the, from the Colts, um, you know, one of my, you know, best friends. Uh, man, just watch, to watch him grow and, you know, to understand that his story and, you know, didn't play football until 11th grade, you know, wasn't highly recruited, ended up going to a Division two school, you know, undrafted to New England, comes to Indy, and ever since then has put on a clinic on how to play the nickel position. So um, I tell those guys that all the time, especially, you know, DeAnthony Bell, you know, it is possible. And that, they're proof of that. You know, there's proof of it. And, you know, for him to go out and just keep making plays, consistently make plays this whole training camp and throughout the preseason, um, he set himself, he's put himself in good position, you know. And, uh, you know, like you said, it's, it makes it even more special. How much grief did you guys give Herb about the pick six? Still talking to him about that right now. Um, <laughs> today's been a lot lighter, you know, because I'm kind of over it now. But, you know, him being from, you know, very close hometown as me, uh, I was not happy about that. That is literally a dream come true in the NFL. And, yeah, we won't talk about that. Um, he'll make that play next time. I have 100% belief because I will literally, yeah, he'll he'll make that play next time. No doubt. He got the pick in Jacksonville, so not, not too shabby there. All right, let's go into your room for a second. And, you know, you've seen more football than anybody in that room. And you are the elder statesman, even though very much still a young man. I was actually talking to uh, Coach Tarver, and he said in the Philly joint practices, you knew exactly where Jacob had to go to get the pick that he ended up getting. And then there was a play where you were with Jeremiah, and he told me, he's like, yeah, AWOC told me the exact play, and I still didn't listen to him, and I went in the wrong gap. So, like, how do you feel, like, in this defense, how comfortable are, and, and then knowing you're seeing what the other team is trying to do before they do it? Yeah, um, very comfortable in the defense now. Um, you know, obviously year two, you always take that, that big jump from year one to year two. And, you know, I, I thought I felt comfortable last year, but that now it's second nature. And once you get to that point, you know, that's when you know you kind of got the whole the whole system down. And then, um, you know, when it comes to the, the knowing what the offense is trying to do, um, I always, you know, try to look at what we're in and, you know, figure out, you know, what Coach Joe is going to call. 
And then the number one thing I think about is what can what is what can attack us and what can hurt us in this defense and where is the offense going to try to attack us. And um, once you realize that, um, it, it just kind of clicks. And obviously the joint practices against Philly, me and Nick Sirianni, we went against each other every day in practice in, in, in Indy. We always talk about it. Even when we got here, we were like, man, do you remember those practices? Because it was really competitive and really um, just, just high energy. And um, I kind of remembered a couple plays, and I told him, you know, dude, don't – don't run that play when I'm man. You know that, like. <laughs> but um, it was fun, man. Com- competition, you know the like I said, the preparation that I how how serious I take my preparation and knowing what the offense is trying to do to attack us. Um, and it's a beautiful sight when you know when the picture that you have in your mind is coming to life and knowing that you prepare for it. Um, I think that that that's one of the one of my favorite feelings in football. You know, obviously winning is great and all that stuff, but. When it comes to the little details of, you know, inside out of the game, that's one of my favorite parts of it. Yeah, the chess match. And a lot of that goes on in the meeting room, right? That's where you guys are going through that. And I've heard the meeting room's awful competitive as well. No doubt. Um, you know, I think when you have a room, you know, like we have of a lot of guys fighting for jobs and competition and stuff like that, um, it, it, it makes the room that much better. And um, it makes guys rise either rise to the challenge or, you know, fall to the bottom. And we have a lot of we've, – we've got a lot of guys that like to rise to the challenge in that room. And, um, you know, that's what's going on right now. So, um, yeah, it's fun. It's fun being in that room, the competition. And, um, you know, when it all comes together, uh, it's beautiful. All right, you were on some great Ds in Indy. And, obviously, I think over the second half of the season last year, this was an excellent defense here with the Cleveland Browns. How good can you guys be this year? I won't even put a ceiling on it. Um, we'll be as great as we want to be and as great as, uh, you know, we we as the – players um accept the challenge and understand what that we can we can literally be as great as we want to be um it's not going to be easy obviously um you play against some great offenses some great teams um but we got to execute we know that and uh, i think we give ourselves a chance uh if we execute and do do what we're supposed to do you flew up with jacoby the day he signed to be a cleveland brown right yeah i did You guys are boys. Obviously, your last year in Indy, he's the Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee there. What does he bring this team as a person? And then I'll ask you about a quarterback. Yeah, I think uh, just the, the consistency, man. He He's one of those guys when I first got to Indy. Uh, we actually got there the same year together. Um, and he always talked to me about, you know, just the consistency and showing up every day, the same person. And um, when you have that, like I said, when you have that as a as a team leader, um, and then as, especially in the quarterback room, when you have that consistent face, that consistent voice, um, never changing the message, always you know positive and you know never too high, never too low. That's the uh, that's the spirit that he brings to this team. What does he bring as a quarterback? Um, <laughs> he brings a lot, and uh, you know, I will say this: you guys won't be disappointed. Is it fun to have like the cohesive? It just feels like this team, and I know the COVID rules and people coming in and all of that, but it just feels like this team is really unified going into the season. Is that is that right? Would you say? Like you said, the COVID, um, the COVID rules, um, you know, every having all, you know, right now, eighty guys in the locker room, but you know, to have everybody in the locker room and you know, being able to spend that quality time together, um, it, it matters. And uh, we we kind of took it for granted. I know I did. Took it for granted uh, the last couple years with COVID. But um, it's great to have that camaraderie back in the locker room. Are you guys considering in the linebacker room? We have, you know, the DBs have the hoodie, which we've got. We got, they got that from us. We we we've had shirts and uh, all this type of stuff every year. What about a visor to honor Coach Tarver. What about visors for everybody? Yeah, a lot of guys don't even wear visors anymore. Tar. I know that, but he does. Myself, so uh, yeah, we probably won't do the visors, but yeah, we'll 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 come up with something. 
right? If you were going to main event WrestleMania in a tag team match and you can only bring one partner from your linebacker room, who's your partner? Uh, probably Ben Bloom. Ben Bloom. I didn't see that one coming. I like that. Good answer. All right. Favorite spot to eat in Cleveland? Favorite spot to eat in Cleveland? Uh, either Grill 55 or Marble Room. Marble Room. Solid. Solid. Sax guy. Awok, always a pleasure. Looking forward to a great year for you, man. Thanks for the time. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate you. And when we return, we'll go around the league. You're listening to the Kevin Stefanski Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. I feel like I have people in the building that can tell me the truth. And I think that's really important because I don't want this to be a place where I don't get the truth from our guys. This is the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Nathan Zagura and Gerard Cherry. Welcome back to the Kevin Stefanski Show. All along the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Big thanks to the coach and Anthony Walker for spending some time with us, getting some good insights for you right there. Joined, as always, by Gerard Cherry. And, Gerard, I know that you saw what was going on down there. The Rams, the Bengals, a joint practice. It ends in a wild, wild fracas. A melee breaks out. Helmets are being swung by Aaron Donald. We know that Miles Garrett was suspended uh, indefinitely for a helmet-swinging incident on a Thursday night game against the Steelers. Well, first of all, surreal video. Second of all, what do you think is going to happen, if anything? Well, I think nothing's going to happen, but something should happen. A Thursday practice should not be the difference from a Thursday night game. And granted, that's probably what the NFL is going to say. This was a practice and not a game, so we're not going to get ourselves involved in suspending Aaron Donald. But if you're doing something like that, Nathan, where you have not one helmet but two helmets and you're swinging like you're trying to try out for the Olympics as a hammer thrower or a discus thrower, there's something wrong with that, man. And I don't like it, and Aaron should know better. He's a seasoned veteran, one of the best players in the game, and you could kill someone. And I don't yes. say that lightly in jest. You really can paralyze someone and hurt someone swinging a helmet with that level of force that he would certainly provide because he's an extremely strong individual. But here's the part I don't understand and get either, Nathan. What in the world were Zach Taylor and McVeigh thinking? When you play a Super Bowl against someone and you lose or win, those feelings don't go away in the off season. And you practice against these guys, they're still disdain. They're still dislike. There's on both sides, even the guys who won, the victors, are feeling that way. So just because they have a relationship and a budding one, because Taylor was obviously a quarterback coach and a sure. receivers coach for McVay, does not mean that the players don't have animus. So I don't get what they were thinking and thinking this was be a good, a good idea to practice against each other. Yeah, well, clearly deteriorated rapidly, multiple fights breaking out. That's the biggest one. And so some lawyers have weighed in, people who are weighing in on obviously the NFL and the Deshaun Watson situation on Twitter have said that in the, per the NFL's, uh, bylaws, they do not practice punish for practice incidents if there is to be a punishment handed out for this brawl that is the responsibility of the teams and i'm going to go out on a limb here and suggest that the rams will not be suspending aaron donald for any football games now maybe they'll fine him or whatever but they're certainly he is not going to i don't think they're going to do anything i don't think he's going to miss any time as a result of that so that's kind of what what happened. That's the big story, I think, in the league today. Those joint fights, I think, uh, and the joint practice fights. And it was funny. I don't know, Dred. Did you watch Hard Knocks? I did not see it. No. Okay, so Hard Knocks. They had joint practice from uh, Detroit and Indy. 
it couldn't have been more different than the joint practices that we had with Philly, which were there were no fights in our joint mm-hmm. practice. It was very crisp. It was clean. Good work was had, red zone. But there was also no live football played. There was studying up. People were getting knocked to the ground, but it wasn't full-on tackle football. This was full-on tackle football. There were certainly injuries. There were fights as a result of it as well. How do you balance the desire for tackling? And we're going to get some of our starters are going to get their first opportunity to tackle in this preseason and football with, you know, we got we had no delays in our joint practice due to fighting. We had none of those issues, whereas there were in clearly these places where they were getting fully physical playing football. Well, it's just really simple. you got to understand the culture of who you're playing against. In Detroit, that doesn't surprise me because they're about being tough guys as far as their culture is concerned. So you're going to get fights with them. As far as, again, don't play, don't practice against anyone in which you play the AFC Championship game in or the Super Bowl. Just don't do that. Those are the two of the most physical games that you'll ever play, and you don't get over it ever probably. In football, making a big hit after the whistle can be huge trouble. Can lead to a fight in practice, as we've seen all around the NFL. Knowing when to stop is critical for football players and for gamblers. So always set a time limit before gambling and keep things fun. Learn more at KeepItFunOhio.com. Coming back, final thoughts here. It's the Kevin Stefanski Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. For me, I'm just trying to make the right decision for each of our players. This is the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Fans, mark your calendars for Face Off on the Lake. The first major outdoor hockey game at First Energy Stadium. Saturday, February the 18th, the Ohio State Buckeyes. The Ohio State Buckeyes will host the Michigan Wolverines right here at First Energy Stadium. Cleveland Browns and Columbus Crew season ticket members, along with Browns waitlist members and select groups, will have early access to the Face-Off on the Lake tickets beginning on Monday, August the 29th at 10 a.m. Tickets will officially go on sale to the public at 10 a.m. on Wednesday, September the 7th. So it's like nine days head start for you. For more information, visit FirstEnergyStadium.com or call 440-891-5050. Nathan Zagura and Gerard Cherry. Gerard, time for stock up. And step up going into this final preseason game. Whose stock is up? I definitely say everyone who's in the backfield stock is up. If you look at what Dearness was able to do, he came back from a fumble the previous week. Then you look what Ford was able to accomplish. His stock is certainly up. And Kelly looked incredible as well. So the running back room, those three guys who stepped on the football field on Sunday, their stock is up. Who needs to step up? We talked about it all show. It's really evident that Bell. Schwartz and the other guys, not just those two guys, but the rest of the guys. There's a grand opportunity for someone who really didn't know if they had a shot to be in the NFL to make this roster at the receiver position. Just be consistent. Go out there and make plays. Do the right thing from a spacing standpoint on the sideline when a fade ball is thrown your way and catching it, making sure you're in bounds. Hold on to passes that are something that an NFL player should always make. Do those things, the simple things, and you can make this roster as a wide receiver by just simply being consistent. So the receiver room, other than Cooper, I would say everyone needs to step up. Yeah, I'll agree with you. That wide receiver room's got to step up for me, stock up. Josh Dobbs, Mike Dunn, I think really solidified themselves in backup roles here on this football team. Real quick, Gerard, okay, what is the big thing, number one thing that you're looking for outside of the wide receiver room or the number one thing you hope to see, and maybe even it's about Jacoby Brissett that you hope to see Saturday night? I have yet to see us start fast 
offensively or defensively? I mean, I take that back. I'd say as a team, as a collective, because offensively yeah. we did start strong last week. But I've Dom. yet to see a complete game. I want to see us dominate in the first quarter, special teams, defense, and offense, and play a complete game, but starting off fast. And I haven't seen that yet out of three, all three phases. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. And, you know, look, we're going to see most of the starters, but we probably won't see all of the starters. Probably similar to kind of what we saw down in Jacksonville, I would imagine, there. So Saturday night, 7 o'clock, of course, the pregame shows get started four hours before kickoffs at 3 o'clock all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns radio network. The final preseason game, the Browns and the Bears, and the rosters will be cut to 53 the following Tuesday, and we will get ready for the Browns and the Panthers. For Gerard. Cherry and our executive producer Jason Gibbs, along with producer in the studio Meredith Kane. I am Nathan Zagura, thanking each and every one of you for spending your Thursday nights here listening to the Kevin Stefanski Show on the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. You've been listening to the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. Join us next week at this time for more from the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. This broadcast is a copyright of the Cleveland Browns and the National Football League. Any other use of this broadcast, descriptions, or accounts without the prior consent of the NFL is strictly prohibited. This is the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network.